Welcome to our worship today for Easter Sunday and a very happy Easter to you. During this service, as a little extra, you'll hear a hymn, an anthem, which has been recorded individually by members of our church choir and then edited together by Philip. We hope that that will bring some of the joy of Easter into your life today. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. 
But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus you are Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2, and verses 14 to 24. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is gracious, because his mercy endureth for ever. Let Israel now confess that he is gracious, and that his mercy endureth for ever. The Lord is my strength and my song, and is become my salvation. The voice of joy and health is in the dwellings of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord bringeth mighty things to pass. The right hand of the Lord hath the preeminence. The right hand of the Lord bringeth mighty things to pass. I shall not die, but live, and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened and corrected me, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open me the gates of righteousness, that I may go into them, and give thanks unto the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter into it. I will thank thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The same stone which the builders refused is become the headstone in the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah chapter 25, beginning at verse 6. On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wine strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all the peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death for ever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God, we have waited for him, so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. 
for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Gospel reading is from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who through thine only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, hast overcome death and opened unto us the gate of everlasting life, we humbly beseech thee that as by thy special grace preventing us thou dost put into our minds good desires, so by thy continual help we may bring the same to good effect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. As anyone who knows me will tell you, I love a good story, whether I'm telling it or listening to it. The satisfying thing about stories, especially traditional ones, is that by and large they tend to have a beginning, a middle and an end. And at the end, there's some sort of resolution. The criminal is unmasked. The lovers get together. Things are rounded off. If not neatly, then at least enough to feel it's been worth ploughing through the rest of it. By that reckoning, Mark's Gospel is a bit of a failure, to be honest. The passage we just heard was the end of it. Terror and amazement seized the women, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And that's it. I mean, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it, as an ending? It doesn't even really make sense, because if they said nothing to anyone, 
How did anyone find out that the tomb was empty, that Christ had risen? How did the story of the resurrection, the whole Christian faith, ever get off the ground? If you're beginning to smell a rat, then you wouldn't be the only one. Biblical scholars are pretty convinced that at a very early stage in the transmission of Mark's Gospel, within, say, 50 years or so of its composition, the last page simply got lost. We have to remember that this was long before printing, let alone the kind of technology we take for granted. When documents were handwritten, there wouldn't have been lots of copies around to go back to, especially at the beginning of their lives. If a page got lost, then that was probably it. There was no autosave function to come to the rescue. The early church wasn't a big organisation, just small groups of Christians dotted around the Mediterranean. It had no power or wealth, and its members were intermittently persecuted. It didn't have libraries or archives to store carefully the writings of its early leaders, so it's perfectly possible to believe that the last page of a loosely bound pile of papers or the last part of a scroll might have become damaged or just left behind somewhere. Attempts were made to put things right early on by adding endings based on the other Gospels, but the original is what it is, according to the early manuscripts, a document that finishes with fear and amazement and silence. And maybe that's no bad thing. I suspect that the reason we like stories with beginnings, middles and ends is that in reality life isn't like that. We can't remember our beginnings. We don't know our ends. We're stuck in the perpetual middle of the story. Even if we think we've got life sorted, we soon discover that there are more problems to be solved, new developments, good or bad, we hadn't anticipated. We don't know what's around the next corner. This last year has shown us that, even if we didn't realise it before. Whatever any of us thought 2020 would contain, I doubt we had a pandemic on our radar. And yet here we are, picking our way through a landscape that's often felt completely alien. Learning new skills, facing new challenges, bearing new burdens but also sometimes finding new joys as well, strengthened bonds with one another, a deeper appreciation of what we have. In truth, disaster planners have long put pandemic disease right at the top of the list of likely threats to the world, but I'm guessing that most of us didn't see it coming, or if we did, we didn't know how it would affect us or what it would involve. And of course it isn't over. We're still in the middle of this particular story, not knowing how long it will last or what the world will look like when the tide of disease finally retreats, what flotsam and jetsam will be left strewn on the shore. Real life isn't like the stories of which we're so fond, at least not from our point of view. And Easter Sunday isn't a happy ever after ending either. It isn't an ending at all, in fact. The women who fled in terror from the tomb and the angel's message knew that. According to the other Gospels, they did indeed do what the angel told them to. They went and told the other disciples what they'd heard and seen. If they hadn't, we wouldn't be here now, still telling the story. But I'm not surprised that they were terrified. 
they knew that this message, for all its joy, would bring them unimaginable challenges. Maybe as Jesus lay in the tomb, they'd started to resign themselves to slinking off home, hoping people would forget they'd been followers of this apparently failed Messiah. A good man, perhaps, but someone who'd never stood a chance, like all the others who'd stood up to the might of Rome. But the resurrection proclaimed that Jesus hadn't failed and that his way was the way they should still be following. It proclaimed that hope and love and life had triumphed over despair, hatred and death. It called them and all who still follow the risen Christ to live life in the light of Easter, daring to expect that tombs which appear to be sealed shut can be opened that injustice that seems entrenched can be remedied, that divisions that seem to be unbridgeable can be bridged. Do not be alarmed, said the white-robed messenger who greeted them at the tomb. Well, angels are always saying that. Fear not, don't be afraid. It's their trademark opening line. But whenever an angel says that, we know it's because people are alarmed and afraid, usually with good reason. And so would we be. Good news can be just as challenging as bad news, even if it turns out to be a lot more exciting and fruitful in the end. Although I do like a good story, I also really like the fact that Mark's Gospel has this unfinished ending. It's a reminder that each of us is called to be part of this story, the Easter story, the resurrection story, taking up the thread of it in our own lives, letting it open our eyes to the hope and love and life that our world needs, living out that story in the places that God has called us to. Easter isn't a moment when we close the book with a sigh of pleasure and think to ourselves, well, that was good, now what shall I read next? It's the moment when a new world dawns, when we're invited to step out on a new journey with the God who lived and died and rose again for us. Amen. This joyful Oh
Let us pray. Lord of life, we thank you for your gift of life to us, life that cannot be defeated by death, life that brings hope and healing. We pray that you would show us what it means to live as Easter people, bringing hope, love and life to those around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, we pray for your church throughout the world as we celebrate Easter. We pray for our bishops, James and Simon. We pray that we might live the message we proclaim as a church. Show us how to break down divisions, to forgive and be forgiven, so that your life can grow in us and spread from us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, we pray for your world and for all who work to combat the forces of death and despair. We pray for peacemakers, for those who challenge injustice, for those who care for creation. Help us to delight in this life and this world as you do. Lord of life, we pray for our community here in Seal, that it might be a place where people can find fullness of life. We pray especially for all who've been affected by coronavirus and the disruption it has brought, for schools and organisations coping with ever-changing regulations, for businesses facing an uncertain future, for those who have lost work or for whom work is now more difficult, for those who are shielding, for our friends in Lavender Fields Care Home, and for all those who cannot be with loved ones this Easter. Give us patient faith. Help us to trust in your loving care when life feels dark and challenging. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, we pray for those who are sick and for those who care for them. Be with them in times of darkness. Comfort and heal them. We hold before you in a moment of silence any who are known to us and those whose suffering is known only to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of life, we thank you for your promise that death does not have the last word. We entrust into your keeping those who have died and those who mourn their loss. Help them to find the joy of Easter knowing that your love endures in life and death forever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
the peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.